Hey, welcome to the High Buzz Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Martinez. Today we have special guest, Mr. Jordan Santiago from NYC, and he is a big Twitter person. We've had a lot of Twitter personalities on here. If you are not on Twitter or X, go get on it. You meet a lot of cool people. You network with people. There's a few guests we've had on from Twitter. We've had like a handful. Go check it out. Go go get on X. Go have, go have some fun. Go tweet. Meet some new people. Uh, you never know who you're gonna meet. So, Jordan. From NYC. How long have you been in New York City? My whole life, man. Queens, born and raised. You got the NYC vibe to you. Like, I, I read that in your bio, and I'm like, dude, I'm <laughs> out, like, dude, this is the epitome of New York City. So if you're not watching this, you might as well check out Jordan on this video. Everyone I speak to, like, I'll hop on I'll hop on calls with people from Twitter, and they're like, man, I could just tell you're from New York. I could just tell. <laughs> <laughs> so Jordan, Jordan's really, really laying on that New York City vibe right now. I can see that with the... With the New York City style pizza on the side, and then fighting a rat on the right on the right hand. Yeah, I got a I got a rat right here. I got the pizza over there. I got the bagels over there, and we're rolling, baby. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. That's awesome. You're you're young. I, I always like highlighting young people because I think um, you inspire others. And I started I started on, I'm thinking I'm still young, but I started when I was 25. I think you started younger than me, and I always like expounding on that. So tell me about how old you are and when you started real estate because I think a lot of people that epitome like oh I need to get a college degree or maybe become an agent first. I need to have experience before I come into this real estate journey. So I want to crack that and put that right down right now. What you got? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super big on that as well, right? Because my family, my father didn't finish high school. My mother never went to college, but they were like super big on, hey, you got to go to college. You got to do this. You got to do that. And for me, I went to college strictly because I was getting recruited for baseball, right? So I had the opportunity to go and get drafted by the Detroit Tigers for the minor leagues. I decided not to do it. I decided to go to college first to try to improve my draft stock to eventually go make more money for my family. While I was at college, like it just hit me and I had to be honest with myself finally that I just didn't love baseball like that, man. You know what I mean? I was doing it more so for other people than myself. Five days into my first semester of college, I'm... 18, I think at that point, I just said, listen, I'm going to stop playing baseball. I emailed all my professors. Uh, hey, I'm not coming to class, right? The only class that I went to was business classes. I figured, listen, if, if I'm not going to go and be a major league baseball player, I want to get into some type of business where I control my time and things like that. So I dropped out of college after that first semester. To be honest with you, I always tell the story, the way that I found real estate was, again, I always wanted to be rich. I always wanted to make a lot of money. always wanted to take care of my family. I Googled how to make a million dollars in a year. And the first thing that popped up was real estate. What do people think when they hear real estate right away? They think be a real estate agent. So that's the same thing I thought. I was, I think, 19 at the time when I finally discovered it. So I went, I was taking a train into Manhattan every single day, right by Bryant Park. And I went and got my real estate license. And that is the uh, the beginning of my real estate journey. So you, you went down the real estate agent path. Yeah. Are you still a real estate agent now? So I got, I got my real estate license. In the middle of getting my license, I discovered what wholesaling was. By the time I got my license, I was already committed to, all right, I'm going to make this wholesaling thing work, this investing side work. So I got my license, never used it to this day. Seven years later, never used it, bro. Ever. You've been doing real estate longer than me because I I've, I started about five. Years, uh, I'm on year six right now. That's crazy. So yeah, you're, you're you're messing with, you're messing with the big boys though. You're messing with some big boys. It's okay. It's okay, man. Everybody takes a different path, and everybody goes. Uh, everybody gets to the destination in a different rate. So it's all good. It happens. This show is sponsored by Hive Mind CRM. 
It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the HiveMind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings. And of course, to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at HiveMindCRM.io. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's all I mean, it's about you this time, man. So, um, so tell me about this. So you, you started a business 19 years old. Um, what was it like hiring your first employee? <laughs> and man, because um, I think I think this is this is the fun. I love how asking these questions about like young people because I think young people like it's a lot harder to like. I remember my first employee I hired was like 45, and I was like yeah. 25, and I'm like we have this mm-hmm. conversation. I'm the boss. So I want to hear your experience with hiring your first employee, management of that first employee. Does he still work for you? He or she still work with you? Let's kind of dive down that. Yeah. So I had a very similar experience, bro. So my first employee hire was when I was 22 years old. I think at the time he was 33. So it was a very awkward experience at first. You know, you obviously obviously kind of want to be that that boss figure, that demanding figure. But, you know, coming out of college and having zero experience within business, I, my family doesn't come from business. I'm the first one. So, so hiring this person, thank God, like he reached out to me and was like, hey, I see you're doing real estate in New York City. I just want to learn, man. I, I want to learn. So he was actually based in New York City. And this is even before I knew about like virtual assistants and hiring people out of the country and things like that. I actually brought him in and he was a cold caller for us. We were paying him like at the time, like 200 bucks a week, dude. Super low. Again, it was just it was just a weird dynamic of me being like 13 years younger than him. Um, he doesn't work with us anymore because he like he had three kids. You know, and we were paying him like 200 bucks a week. Great dude. Uh, we actually did make a lot of money together. He started with us really when my business started to blow up, but it, it took a lot of learning. You know what I mean? It took a lot of learning on how to be someone that people want to follow, but also be someone that, you know, demanding presence in the room and things of that nature. So from there on out, it's obviously gotten much easier, but when you're 22 and you're hiring someone in, the, in your thirties and or, or late thirties or mid forties or whatever, it's definitely an experience. It's definitely an experience. Yeah. Um, I, 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 there's no I ask that question because I had, I had a fun experience with my, my hiring my first employee. And I was like hearing that because I, it's a, it's a growing moment that us young entrepreneurs have to deal with and you don't necessarily know how you're going to deal with it until it happens. You're like, okay, now I got to deal with this and it's a, it's a different yeah. it's a different dynamic and like I, uh one of the things i love about business is like you learn i feel like you're going back to like school it feels like because you're learning everything from scratch you're doing new experiences you're making your first hire you're doing payroll you're doing you're doing cold calling like you never cold called in high school like you, you all this stuff you kind of have to break yourself into it and you have to learn those skills from the bottom so i think it's really cool like um yeah. having those experiences and i wouldn't trade it for the world same here same here yeah 
It's, it's, it's awesome, man. So is there any tips you can give young adults wanting to get into real estate, wanting to get into real estate? Where, where do you get started? Maybe they go the same path as you. Like now that you have seven years of experience, what advice would you give to a young person right now, how to deal with those certain impacts and of different things that might come down the line when they first start a business? Yeah. So for me, I'm someone that doesn't let age be an excuse, right? Okay. A lot of people that are like, oh, well, you know, you're still young. And dude, listen, there's like 10 year olds on YouTube making $5 million a year. There's zero excuse for age, right? So especially for the young people, I need you to understand that you can do great shit at a young age, okay? And that was always like a goal for me. I always wanted to be like, man, I'm doing this at 22 and 23 and people, you know, when I closed on one of my deals, um, I kind of look older than I am. And the guy was like, how old are you? And at the time I was 24 and he was like, we were closing on a million dollar deal. And he was like, holy shit, dude, like you're killing it at that age, right? But me, I felt like I, I should have been doing more, right? So for me, I always tell people that age doesn't matter. The sooner you get into real estate, the better, to be honest with you, right? So you have more time to F up and, you know, you can stay at your parents' house and make mistakes and you, you don't have too many responsibilities. You're not married yet. You don't have a mortgage. So all those things you have to take advantage of. But for me, I wouldn't the real estate agent route, okay? I think, I actually just made an Instagram post about this. I think becoming a real estate agent is actually one of the worst ways to get into real estate and start making. And I don't know if you agree with it, but that's just my perspective because you go in, you, you gotta pay for the test, then you gotta study, then you gotta pass a multiple test. Then you have to get interviewed by brokers and you have to interview brokers. Then you gotta go hustle for leads. Then those leads, depending on the market, may take three, six, nine months to get. Then it's going to take another two, three months to close a deal. Then you got to split it with the broker and you're, you're restricted to commissions, right? So a lot of those things um, kind of turn me off from being a real estate agent. Of course, you can make a shit ton of money as being a real estate agent. Don't get me wrong. A lot of successful people are real estate agents, but there's usually what? Like five, 10% of them are like the really, really successful ones. And the other ones are struggling heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no one wants to admit that, but that's the truth. And you know, that's the truth as well. Right. Um, so for me, I would start just like I did, which is in the wholesaling path, which is how I got and I started making money with um, little money. You know, like we'll get into my first deal, but my first five deals, dude, I did with no money, you know, um, and made went on to make thousands of dollars from it. So I think someone that is young. Um, that wants to eventually get into building wealth and making large chunks of money and things of that nature, even if you don't have a lot of experience or good credit or a license or a lot of money, um, I recommend just going into the wholesaling path. Okay. Okay. Um, one thing that I, I love is that uh, you kind of you kind of bet on yourself. And um, I always tell young people as a whole is like, like your 20s are your best time to fuck up. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> You have all the leeway in the world. Like worst case scenario, you can go back to your mom's couch. Like yeah, you'll, you'll figure it out in most cases. So you kind of you kind of have a, a easy bet to make on yourself early on. And when you put yourself in that environment, you're forced to produce. Or yeah. uh, especially people that are that that natural drive of an entrepreneur. And you know who you are. 
you have the natural drive. You have that natural drive to produce, and you, you, when you put yourself in that situation, it forces you. Hundred percent, dude. I couldn't say it any better. And I, I thank God all the time that I got started early. You know, I was able to stay at my parents' house, and even though they were like, "Yo, go get a job. This shit is not working for you." Right? Like I was terrible at it at first. It took me a long time to get my first deal. But again, it just allowed me to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying and not pay too many bills and. You know, again, not have kids and not be married and things of that nature. Um, I, I I give a lot of credit to the people that get into the game a little later because it's a you know it's some more risk. But um, yeah, I'm super grateful that I was able to get in and start start early. Uh, do you have an example of a hard lesson you had early on that like either helped you good or helped you like man I I don't want to do that again <laughs> like helped you bad. <laughs> Yeah, man. So like for me, straight off the bat, I jumped into the game because I, I consider myself and I know you're the same way. It's just an immediate action taker, right? Like I move with a sense of urgency where when I think of something, I want to learn as much as possible and then boom, go get it done. So I jumped into the wholesaling game, not knowing much, not having any money. And there's two things, dude. I just thought of another story. You would probably, you would probably want to beat my ass for this because you're a land guy. But my first direct mail campaign, I did um, just handwritten because again, I didn't have the money. And I got one call, one call. The guy is, and again, at this point, I'm 19 years old. The guy calls me and he says, hey, do you guys buy land? And I'm like, what? Like at the time, I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm like, land? I'm saying, no, we don't, we don't buy land, I'm sorry. Boom, hang up on him. And now looking back, I'm like, shit, who knows? That could have been 30 acres, 40 acres, I, I don't know, you know what I mean? But again, I was not educated enough, so I'm like, buy land? And I didn't know that was a thing. You know, but the other one was I, I used to get so afraid of getting a seller under contract because I didn't know if I could find a buyer. So what I would do was I'd get like a verbal number from the seller and I'd go tell buyers like, hey, um, I can get this property at this price. And, you know, I would send people the address without having the deal locked up. And I'm sure you you know what happened after that. Right. Like the, the buyer went went around me. He went directly to the seller. And it actually winded up being a good deal. But again, like I didn't know too much. I didn't know how to value what a good deal was, right? So I was afraid to get them locked up. The buyer went around me, went directly to the seller, did a deal with them. I could, I could have probably made somewhere between 10, 15 grand on that deal. I was completely cut out, deal done. Dude, I was heartbroken, bro. I'm like, oh, that was my chance. That was my chance. But yeah, man, that was th those two are two where I'm like, I look back and I'm like, shit, I was just super uneducated, you know, like super uneducated. No, uh, it's, a, it's such a good, I, I like, I like having these stories because like it, it, it brings me back to, I remember my wife had cardstock and I was married, I married my wife early with a few years and she had cardstock. So I printed out my own, my own postcards and I handwritten them on the back. <laughs> so ah, handwritten. A handwritten, handwritten postcard. I mean, I'll send, I'll send them out. I was using my wife's card stock. She had on, but she had on, she had on stock. It's such a cool man. Like, like uh, I think, I think, it, I think the termination is it takes you a long way in this business, and uh, mm -hmm. not and uh, not quitting, man. Because a lot of people, this is hundred percent fact. Getting punched in the gut like that, with losing out fifteen grand, twenty grand, man, that shit hurts. Like that hurts. Like that'll yeah. that'll knock you out of the game if you if you're not up here right. So, um, do you have any like mental tips? Do you have like a big why? Like, what's your? A lot of people like. I mean, me, it's like I have a family to feed. I know what my, my why is. I have to go produce daily because I have family to feed. What you as a young person? What's your personal why to 
maybe it's the, I think you mentioned earlier being being the best you can be. Um, what what tips do you to find to find that inner inner strength to to continue in this hard? Yeah, game? so for me, bro, it was always, and I always say this: like my mental tip is you hit the nail on the head is having a strong why, but a strong why beyond yourself. Right. I think that's the, the most important part, because, again, like, every, listen, everyone wants nice cars and a big house and, you know, whatever, a boat and everyone wants that shit. They want one of them at least. Right. Yeah. But if you have a cheat code that is beyond yourself, whether that's, again, your family, retiring your parents, wanting to take care of your kids, impacting your community. Um, when you wake up in the morning and you feel like shit. Right. It's no longer just about you. It's about your why. It's about the other people that you have involved. So you push yourself the extra mile more than just an average Joe would. So I always, I'm super big on having a very, very strong why outside of yourself, beyond yourself. So for me, it was always, and again, this goes back to the baseball thing as well, was always I want to take care of my family. I want to retire my parents. I want to take care of my sister. I want to take care of my cousins. Like all my close people around me, my, I want to put my friends on. That was always my goal, right? So all the knockdowns that I had, did they hurt? Yeah, man. Did I did I sometimes think like, yo, maybe this shit is just not for me. You know, maybe I should just go do something else. A hundred percent. And I would talk to myself about those things. And I was going through trying to get my first deal. Don't get me wrong. Darkest days of my life, dude. Super, super depressed, super lonely. Um, I remember them very vividly. But the thing was, my parents mainly, I'm like, listen, bro, like, my dad is waking up at five in the morning, getting home at 9 p.m. You know, there's no, he, and I don't hear a single complaint from him. So there should be no complaining from me, right? I have the ability to go out and try to chase my dreams and do what I want. Um, so every single day, no matter how I felt the day before, I was showing up every single day, dude. You know, even if I felt like shit and I was depressed and I was sad, I was showing up every single day because of that why that I had that was beyond me. So I always am big on, and I think everyone should sit by themselves for 10, 15, 20 minutes, however long it takes, and come up with a why that you feel so strong about that you would run through a fucking brick wall for, you know? And I think that is the cheat code that kind of kept me going. Um, I really want to talk about this. this that's, that's Man, I love that. It's so dope, man. It's so, so inspirational. Yeah. So, um, what does your dad do? And uh, have you retired? Have you retired him yet? Or your any of your family? Have you hit any of those goals yet? So, mama, yes. My father, no. Right. My father was he's a, he's a truck driver basically, right? So he okay. delivers always in the union and stuff. But you know, I've seen bouts of where um, he laid off, right, and have to go look for a job, and then laid off again and have to go look for a job. Um, and that was one of the things that got me saying. Well, shit, I kind of have to take control of my destiny, you know, and my my when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I was 19, my mom was like, oh, just get in the union. You'll make 100 grand a year. Yep. And I would tell her, I'm like, mom, like, 100 grand is nothing, you know, and this is me with zero dollars in my pocket, too. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm like, 100 grand is nothing. And she's like, are you out of your mind? You know, but I always felt like, listen, 100 is 100 grand a lot of money. Yes. But is a, it is a, a little bit amount of money as well. It is, too. Right. In the grand scheme of things. Um, and then especially when you don't have control of your destiny, really, and you're really leaving shit into um, someone else's hands. That's scary, bro. And I never wanted to do that. You know what I mean? I never wanted to do that. So I'm still working on my father because my father still makes solid money, at least in New York. It's not as solid as it would go as as far as in Texas or something like that. 
Um, so he's he's the last piece of the puzzle, bro. That I'm still I'm still grinding away to get. So I have I have a couple things right here. So um, it's, it's dope. It's dope. You do take care of the fam. Um, I think it's harder to get people that make a lot of money out of their position. It's the hardest thing because they're used to that income. Um, one thing I do want to say about hundred thousand dollars being a lot of money. All the trolls on Twitter agree with you. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's a popular thing. <laughs> All the trolls on Twitter agree with you. Now, now, you, now you can say you agree with them. Um, and then, uh, is there something uh, your dad taught you um, that you can point out that that, that kind of pushes you? Um, I know you kind of mentioned it as far as like him working those long hours. Um, is there anything he might have said, like a quote that kind of stuck with you that you still like it still drives and pushes you to do what you do now? Yeah. So uh, for me, and I didn't understand it back then. Right. Like he was a big driver of like, hey, man, let's go train. We got to practice for baseball. Right. Yeah. And being in high school, I'm like, I'm, I'm 15 years old, 16. I, I want to go party. I want to go hang out with my friends. Um, and he, he would always say, always, always, always. He's like, listen, man, don't worry about your friends. Your friends are going to be there. Um, but as you get older, you guys are going to separate. You guys are not going to see each other as much. You have to worry about yourself and not look into the person that's in the next lane besides you or what other what uh, someone else is doing. And at the time, I'm like, me and my friends are hanging out every single day. So I'm like, yep. dude, we're going to hang out every single day for the rest of our lives. Like, we're like, oh, ride, or like die, ride or die. Yeah, we're ride or die, you know? And then as you become an adult, you see that changes. And I think that has played a lot into what I do now in terms of, you know, if I compare myself to all the people I went to high school with, I'm totally different than everyone else. I'm not worried about everyone else, right? They might have a job. They might do this. They might do that. I chose my own lane. Um, I didn't care if it was a risk. I didn't care if it was less safe. I didn't care if I could be flat broke one day by taking this risk. Um, all I cared about was worrying about what was in front of me and the people that were close around me, right, and taking care of them. So, again, back then, I it used to annoy me when he said it. Like, dude, it's my, my friends, you know what I mean? Um, but now I think it's super important to not worry about what other people are doing, not worry about what other people are saying, right? Because, again, I always say average people make average decisions. So why would you listen to someone that is making average decisions if you don't want to be average, right? So it's like you hear people talk, you hear people criticize, you hear people give their opinions, Um but all you have to do is worry about what's in front of you, the task at hand, your goal, and uh, you know you'll be straight. Um, one of the things that's crazy uh, is that you believe your high school friends are like they literally are going to be there, and then like life happens, yeah. business happens, the the road the road you took opens up. They got people playing. You probably have people playing baseball or going to college, and you're over here starting a business, and it's a totally different yeah. avenue, a totally different path. And you probably like your your circle, like you kind of like not necessarily like you not that you left them behind, but you like level up in certain areas, and you can't yep. have the same conversations you had with them that you used to have because you're in different spaces and life just happens, and it hits you fast as a young adult. It hits you so fast. Um, so yeah. I, I I I I tell tries to live up with that. Like man, it's gonna hit yeah. you. It's gonna hit you. It hit everybody. It hit me. It hit. It hit Jordan, it hits, it hits everybody. So without a doubt, it's inevitable, bro. It's inevitable. You gotta know, you gotta find your own lane. That's pretty cool. I like, I like the trucking analogy. I don't know if you know, I'm from trucking, so it's kind of cool. Your dad's from trucking. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, what is a quote that is yours or somebody else's that you resonate with? 
Oh, I like, um, I forgot which book it was actually. Um, and it's a very simple one. I actually still have it over my bed today. And it was when I was reading, I think it might've been Rich Dad, Poor Dad or Cash Flow Quadrant. I was in that stage, you know, when you're reading the Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and like you're getting into all that shit, right? Um, it was back when I think I was 19 this time as well, maybe 20 at this point. And um, very simple, it's, it's people who take risks change the world, right? Ooh. So I think I'm someone that, again, is uh, an action taker. Uh, I don't think there is any great thing done without risk, right? And some people are afraid of risk. Some people are afraid to, to fuck up. Like I, you know, I said on Twitter, I should, I've lost over $100,000 on deals, you know, by just taking risks. But I've made way more than that by taking risks as well. You get what I mean? So, like, I read that quote, and, again, you're going to – 99.9% of the people that you surround yourself with or talk to or just see on the street, they're shit scared of risk. They like safety, right? They like comfort and things like that. But none of that shit changes the world. None of that shit does anything great, all right? So, like, for you and I, when we're trying to do something great – you got to take the risk, man. You know what I mean? It's not going to be comfortable. You got to step out of your comfort zone and do things that maybe you never thought you'd do or do things that scared you previously. Um, but that risk when, or that quote, whenever I think, um, damn, shit, am I crazy right now? You know, am I crazy? Yes. I think about that. Yes, exactly. I think about that quote and I'm like, yes, I am crazy, but it's, it's going to work out. You know what I mean? So I always think about that quote and it always kind of forces me to step out of my comfort zone. Uh, one one thing I'll say to that is that uh, we are crazy, all of us. Yeah, all of us, yeah. all of us are crazy. I mean, yeah. to 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 do to do do what we do daily, weekly, yearly, it it takes a little bit of craziness to to to, to put it on, put it on the line and work work harder than anybody else and produce results harder than anybody else and yeah, um, it it's not for the faint of heart. If you're looking at entrepreneurship, it's definitely a uphill battle for a very long time. Hundred <laughs> percent. I always say, we're you you you're probably not all right in the head if you become an entrepreneur, right? But listen, would it, like you said in the beginning, wouldn't trade it for the world. Wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, your uh, your experiences in life and business uh, form you into the the crazy person we are today. <laughs> Without a doubt, bro. Without a doubt. Um, uh, is there, um, and I think, did you have a lot of mentors, uh, coming up or did you cycle through them or how many mentors have you had? Uh, do you have a mentor right now? Um, let's talk about a little bit of mentorship. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, I wish I had a mentor back then. I really, really, I really do. Cause it wouldn't have taken me 10, 11 months to get my first deal probably. So for me, it was just, I learned from my own mistakes uh, my own money lost, the few that I had, the few dollars I had, I lost it, right? And I learned from every single one of those things, which, again, looking back, would I trade it? No, because now I know how it turns out. But if I was going from day one, I didn't know how it was going to turn out, I would 1,000% be seeking a mentor, 1,000%, right? Um, and in terms of today, like just in April this year, I spent $40,000 on mentorship. Um, I think it's key because there's always going to be someone above you, right? So you're either going to pay, pay with your own pain, your own lost dollars, your own lost time, your own headaches, or you're going to pay someone to help you fast track that, right? Um, so I've actually paid mentors in, in multiple different areas now, like the wholesaling and flipping side, 
the large multifamily side, the digital product side. I'm all about, listen, again, sense of urgency. I want to be able to execute as quick as possible. I don't want to take 10, 11 months to deal with all of my mess ups when I could pay someone and have results in two, three, four, five months and know that I'm on the right track. I just want to follow someone's blueprint that is already successful, right? So when I was first starting, man, um, I had some of my buyers here in New York that would kind of give me tips. Like I would, I would send people, hey, look, look at this deal I got. And it was like completely retail deal, like terrible. And they'd yeah. be like, some people would be like, dude, don't send me any more deals. Don't text me anymore. And there'd be a few buyers that are like, because they knew I was young, um, hey, this is a fucking terrible deal because of this, this, and this. And I'd say, oh, okay, now I understand, right? Um, I actually, someone that I might consider my closest mentor who was really just one of my buyers that helped me out, um, I was driving one day, and on the side of a Dunkin' Donuts, there's this big, big, big sign. It says, we buy houses. Um, and at the time, I've spoken about this before, at the time, I had terrible, dude, terrible social anxiety. Terrible. Like, I never wanted to speak to anyone on the phone. If someone called me, I would hang up and text them, like, oh, hey, I'm busy doing something. Didn't want to speak to anyone on the phone. Yeah. So I texted this number. I didn't even call it. And I didn't expect anyone to, to respond. And uh, someone did. And then he connected me with this buyer who I'm still, I still do deals with today. Um, I'll be at his office tomorrow. Very big developer in New York City. And he's the one that kind of guided me. Um, but for anyone that's just getting started, that is brand new, and doesn't know what to do, I would 100% recommend join a program, join a mentorship, join a coaching or a mastermind to help you, you know, fast track that process. I think uh, one thing that you're kind of alluding to is bring a deal. Yeah, 100%. Be valuable too. Bring a deal, be valuable. Because um, I've heard so many stories like that where you, the people found their mentor through a buyer. Uh huh. They bought their deal, and then they learn. They learn the ABCs from them and they really took that to the next level just by bringing a deal, um, just by being, being valuable and bringing opportunity. Uh, and you can, you learn a lot by doing that too. Yeah. Like you said, they, they taught you what, why that deal didn't make sense. And you learn a lot just by, you learn a lot by messing up and the more you mess up, the better you become. So yes. it's just the nature of the game. Without a doubt, bro. Without a doubt. I mean, like, like I said, it, it hurt and no go, going back now. Okay, cool. I learned a lot, but if I could change it, I would have gotten a deal nine, ten months earlier than I would have, you know, by myself. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what markets are you in and how big is your team right now currently? Yeah, so we're in multiple markets. Like, you know me, bro. Like, one of my things is I'm able to do deals all across the country. Um, so uh, I mainly wholesale in Jersey, Florida, Ohio. And Pennsylvania, those are like my four main markets. But we get deals all over the place. We get deals in Tennessee and Texas and Arkansas and Indy and things like that. Um, and I still own properties today. Like I, my, my five-unit building in Tallahassee, we've owned it for three years. I've never been to Tallahassee, bro. I've never seen the property still. You know what I mean? Um, so those are my four main markets. Um, but obviously again, I'm big on doing things virtually and kind of being able to be flexible and do things, uh, all across the country. How do you find boots on the ground virtually? That's a good one, bro. And that, I feel like, I feel like virtual deals is such like a mental block for people, you yeah. know, cause it's really not that much different. It's not that much harder. It's just a mental block. So for me, um, <laughs> even though I shit on realtors a lot, 
I'll actually go and I'll go contact a local broker. And you know, you got to reach out to like 20, 25 of them just to get like two or three responses. So I'll do that and I'll let them know, hey, my name is Jordan. I'm an out-of-state investor from New York City. I have a deal in whatever market the deal's in, which is a little unfamiliar market for me, um, but I'm looking to connect with someone that is local there just to get your expertise so that when I do purchase this property, I can kind of get a price opinion from you. And when I do relist it, I would love to list it with you. You think you could help, right? And anyone that is smart and wants business is going to respond to that and say, hey, of course, I'll, I'll be able to help you. You know, we got a deal just locked up in, in Tennessee yesterday, okay? And I have a realtor, never spoke to them in my life before. I have someone going to check it out Friday at 1 p.m., right? Tomorrow at 1 p.m. They're going to go take pictures for me. They sent me a comp report and all that good stuff. And I said, I didn't even know that person, but I came with value. I said, if I, if I do do this deal, I'll let you bring a buyer to it. Or if I buy it myself, I'll relist it with you at the end. Right. So I'm leading with value and anyone that is smart is going to see that and want to help. So now I'm here in New York City in my office or my dining room table. And I have someone that is doing the, the, the dirty work, the legwork for me, going over there, meeting with the seller, going to check things out, checking the condition, taking pictures and um, videos for me, sending it over to me. Now I have everything I need, whether I want to buy it right, and I put eyes on it, someone that I could trust, someone that actually knows what they're doing, a realtor. And if I want to wholesale it, cool, I have the pictures and the videos now. Now I can just send them to buyers, see who's interested, and then set up a showing like that. So that is probably the best way that I like to utilize to find boots on the ground. Because again, the realtor probably knows what they're talking about. They, knows what, they know the market. They probably know what needs to be fixed. And they might already have a buyer for you. You don't know how many times where I send a realtor and they call me, they're like, oh, I have a client for this. And boom, we got a buyer in, and that's it. The deal's done. Very simply like that. So I always lean towards, uh, you know, going to a realtor. Um, how big is your team right now, currently? Oh, so we have uh, a twelve people on our team. We have twelve people on our team. Wow. We have two acquisition managers, Dispo, Transaction, um, a lead manager, another VA, and then we have uh, six co-callers as well. There you go. There you go. Yes, sir. Uh, you've been tweeting about this. Uh, I think today or yesterday, but uh, what's 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 your uh, what's your thoughts on leads? Oh man! So look, <laughs> you, you and I have very different ways to get leads too, and I love it. But <laughs> I actually prefer your way too. But leads are the the blood flow of your business, dude. You know what I mean? Like without it, um, without it, you can't even really start. You know what I mean? So for me, and what I tell all my students too is. You have to be speaking with sellers nonstop, right? Yep. Or speaking with brokers and just having conversations. It's the people that sit on the sidelines that do absolutely nothing. No deals, don't make any progress, don't network, don't build any relationships or anything like that. Um, the lead generation portion, the marketing is the number one thing. And the number one thing that comes with marketing is consistency in whatever marketing channel you choose. Okay, whether it's like going on the MLS or SMS or PPC or cold calling or, you know, you're getting bird dogs to bring you whatever it is. Um, you just have to be mega consistent with it because, listen, you're probably not going to get your first deal in a week. Right. Which, again, people always say, oh, wholesaling is so saturated. No, it's not. A lot of people come in. Very few people stay. Very few people stay past that 30 day mark. Right. If you can get past that, you're you're you know, you're you're uh, putting yourself in a good position. So. I think whatever you do, 
if you want to be successful in this business, you have to choose one lane. Okay, again, whatever it is, because they all work. Some work better than others, but they all work, and it depends on your budget. You got to stay in that lane and pound it over and over and over, just so you're getting people that are interested in selling, having conversations, and eventually a deal will land in your lap. But again, without leads, you got nothing, bro. I always say that it's like uh, they all work when you work it. <laughs> That's it, bro. That's a, oh, I like that. That's a perfect way to put it. They all work when you work it. I like that. I like that. Um, one thing, one thing I really want to, uh, we'll, we'll end it right here, but, um, it took you, I think you mentioned earlier, 10, 11 months to get your first deal. It took me seven months. Uh, so for everybody listening, this isn't overnight success. Like this is a lot of work and dedication that came into this, um, just to get to the standpoint where we're at. And you can't look at somebody's year five, year six, year 10, year 15, and compare it to your month six. Like it's going to take a lot of time and effort and relationships and, networking and going to events paying for education um just doing doing the, all the right things that'll get you to where you want to be in life yeah 100%. uh where can 100%. people find you and where can people send you a deal yeah so you guys can um find me on instagram at the jordan santiago the jordan santiago on twitter which i love that i think for me my favorite platform best platform for business um maybe besides linkedin i'm not even big on linkedin so i don't know but on twitter the J, just the letter J, Santiago, and you can DM me on any of those platforms to send me a deal, or you can email me at Jordan at crownmain.com. That's Jordan at C-R-O-W-N-E-D-M-A-N-E.com. And um, I always respond to everyone, and I'm always looking to do more deals. There you go. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Like, share, subscribe, do all the things you know what to do. Go share it. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Peace. Watch this YouTube video. We hope you found value. Please like, subscribe, and hit the bell. Watch more videos just like this one.